If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of California Underground. I'm here again with Natalie, who I always enjoy having conversations with because all of a sudden it just seems like the narrative's changing. Something's changing in the air. And I reached out to Natalie and I was like, I feel like there's a lot changing. I feel like we should talk about like why all of a sudden, why is everyone all of a sudden changing their mind on what's going on with my Sharon Osiris? And why is it all of a sudden everything I feel like you and I even talked about maybe a year or so ago is now all of a sudden just becoming commonplace and everything is hunky-dory. We're all fine. Everything's moving forward. So first off, Natalie, how are you doing? Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So so let's get your first initial thoughts. Why do you think everybody is changing their tune? And then I'll I'll share, I think, the biggest reason why everyone's changing their tune. Um, I would guess that it has something to do with polling numbers, uh, with Biden being at a lower approval rating than uh, Trump was at this time in his presidency. And probably with Biden's State of the Union address in early March. So um, are you talking about these poll numbers? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to see on my screen, but. It's 56 disapprove and 34 approve. So only. Yeah, yeah, that would be the, those would be the ones. Yeah. Those would be the ones. And that's overall. And even if you pull out independence, it mm-hmm. moves up to. 20 only 22 percent of independents approve of joe biden's job right now his job handling mm-hmm. so uh yeah that would be my guess and i would also say the lockdowns were uh, all trump's fault according to jen Psaki. so you know yeah <laughs> i saw that all of a sudden she's like they asked her they tried to press her on it and they were like uh what's your thoughts on this john hopkins study and she's like well you know, that wasn't, that wasn't us. We didn't do Mm -hmm. that. And we don't plan on doing lockdowns. And they're like, Oh, so do you want to say that like lockdowns are a bad idea? And they were basically like, well, we wouldn't go that far as saying that lockdowns are a bad thing. So it was, it was a non-answer from the Saki bomb um, that they, they didn't say lockdowns were bad and that they would never do them. They just want to be like, well, we're, we're, we didn't do them. So I guess it's really not our fault. Right. Uh, and lastly, I would add probably what's going on in Canada. Uh, I think there's a fear of that coming here. Um, I don't think Biden would be able to fight it in the way that Trudeau is because Biden has an image to protect uh, that is more working class. He would like folks to believe than maybe Trudeau is... Uh, seems to folks so yeah it's I, I keep hearing this rumor about a truck convoy to stop the super bowl and <laughs> we're like what two days away from the super bowl so i haven't really heard anything substantial happen um regarding I think that. the department of homeland security is is very concerned about it though so yeah i i would <laughs> say that they, they're probably already got their fbi uh, informants hanging out at truck stops being like, hello, fellow truckers. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I, heard to the Super Bowl. Bowl. Uh, I don't know about that, but I have heard also about one, you know, 
people trying to start them up here. And um, I would say, do it, go for it. So what's and your I'll thought bring- on the, on the Super Bowl? And, and we'll start there. Um, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago was the NFC championship game. And we saw Newsom without a mask. We saw Garcetti holding his breath for the entire game. We saw Mayor London Breed feeling the spirit. She was out there. Yeah. Um, but what what were your thoughts when you saw those images of all these elites? Not even the celebrities, because whatever, the celebrities are going to do what they want anyway. We'll talk about the Oscars in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were what were your thoughts when you saw those pictures that they were just not wearing masks in SoFi Stadium? Um, sadly, not at all surprising. Um, and it's funny cause I think they were violating at least like three mass mandates cause the state of California has a mass mandate right now for indoor mm-hmm. events. And then there's a mass mandate for mega events, regardless of whether they're indoor or outdoor. And then SoFi stadium has a mass mandate. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, unless they've changed it on Sunday, they're going to ask, you know, two-year-olds to mask up and fans as young as five to show a vaccine card or proof of a negative test. So, and also be masked, of course. Um, so uh, it's I don't I, I don't know why it's outrageous. It's infuriating, but it's also not the first time it's happened. And I have no nothing to say about anybody's health or anything like that. But if if Magic Johnson can make a personal <laughs> risk assessment, um, mm-hmm. given his own situation and then the situation he's in, uh, can't we all make a personal risk assessment? <laughs> yeah. And for someone who I guess is he's technically immunocompromised, yes. he made his own decision as to I'm going to go to a football game and not wear a mask and pal around with everybody and be fine with it. I guess yeah. that's okay for him and mm-hmm. as well as the politicians who are not very sensitive to someone who is immunocompromised, which is <laughs> what they've been touting, telling all of us to do, which is we have to do it because you never know who's immunocompromised or who's vulnerable to this. Right. Yeah. And that's all I've been asking for. That's all we've all been asking for is for two years to be able to make that that assessment, just like Magic Johnson should be able to do. So, yeah, absolutely. And um, someone in the chat just said that they are helping organize that there will be a U.S. convoy. So, um, if the DHS or FBI is watching right now or listening, I had no part in it. So, <laughs> I will I will not accept any subpoenas as being a part of this. Um, so Dr. I, it's Leanna Wen, or I think, is that her name? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been the most ardent totalitarian on COVID stuff this whole time. Would you agree with that statement? I would. Yes. She's basically been, she's, she famously said, we have to make life as uncomfortable as possible for the unvaccinated. Yes. She loves the Uh, carrot and the stick approach. She's she's loves the carrot and the stick. She's all about the carrot and the stick approach. Um, And now all of a sudden she sounds like Ron DeSantis (laughs) in this little, it's almost like you look at her and go, is this the same person who was basically saying like, we should lock everybody away, make it as comfortable as possible. Like they shouldn't be a part of society. They should be Mm -hmm. second class citizens. Now all of a sudden she's completely changed her tune. Yeah. So let's watch the clip, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but if you haven't seen it, 
This is CNN's medical expert. I don't know why I put quotes because I can't imagine they're, they're totalitarian expert um, talking about where where should we be going from here? So here we go. Do you agree with the move? I do. There was a and is a time and place for pandemic restrictions, but when they were put in, it was always with. Oh, no. They heard us talking about we, it. Yeah, we finally got what we, we've been waiting to hear in it. With the understanding Offer. that they would be removed as soon as we can. And in this case, circumstances have changed. Case counts are declining. Also, the science has changed. We know that vaccines protect very well against Omicron, which is the dominant variant. Everyone five and older have widespread access to vaccines. And we also know about one-way masking, the idea that even if other people around you are not wearing masks, if you wear a high-quality mask, that also protects you, the wearer, too. And so in this case, I'm not saying I don't think... Okay, I got to pause it right there because... Um... <laughs> I was under the impression <laughs> my mask or your mask does not work mm -mm. unless I wear a mask, correct? Yes, similar to my vaccine. So now Dr. Leanna Wen is saying one-way masking is the way to protect yourself. You can wear a mask and protect yourself and not worry about what other people are doing. And that that's okay. But before it was, we all have to wear a mask because unless you're wearing a mask and I'm wearing a mask, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So yeah, I want to find the scientist who just discovered one way masking. Cause it's been a real challenge uh, being unmasked in Los Angeles for the last two years, continuing right up into this day. Um, where folks in the grocery store will will say something to me. But apparently, one-way masking, we've discovered two years into this, uh, it works. And she makes no mention of what mask you're using, of course. And uh, to be fair, this whole idea of my mask protects you and yours protects me, which I question, but it was also when the PPP was in short supply, I guess, right? Or the PPE. Um, yeah. But now everyone has access to an N95 or a KN95. So legitimately, your mask does protect you. And you can wear that mask, which is very uncomfortable from what I understand. Um, mm. But it's certainly going to protect you. So I, I don't even know why we're still talking about masks. And uh, it sounds like one-way masking would also work for children in school. But <laughs> I, I don't know if the science has gotten that far yet. So, so now, if anybody, you know, even though the mask mandate's ending next Tuesday... Um, if anybody says, well, you should be wearing a mask, you should say, well, I watch CNN and Dr. Leanna Wen said one way masking works. So if you wear your mask, you're protected. And all you have to do is say, I watch CNN and maybe they'll back off and be like, uh, OK, so. But wait, Phil, the mask mandate is not ending in L.A. County. So I just that, well, yeah, we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. You guys, yeah. L.A. County is a whole different world. It's like mm -hmm. I, I feel like. What, if you come from L.A. County, I can only imagine it's, since you step out of L.A. County into like Orange County or San Diego County, it must be like when Dorothy walked out of the house into like Oz. Because yes. it's just like you see people breathing fresh air. They're not wearing masks. There's no one's asking you for a Vax card. It must be like a whole different world to you when you step out of L.A. County. It is. It's mind blowing. Like how much the science changes between uh, between counties and miles. It is. Yeah. <laughs> 
the science. All right, let's finish watching this clip and see what else she says. Like anyone really is saying that no one should ever wear masks, but rather that the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local district of the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. Who can Wait, stop the presses. <laughs> stop the presses. Mrs. Uncomfortable as possible at the vaccine if you're unvaccinated now says that we should shift from a government mandate and sanctions to individual family decisions. Mm -hmm. Let's just, so, we can let that soak in for a second, but she, a year ago was basically one step away from saying we should round up all the unvaxxed and like put them in camps or what, what do they call them in Australia? They don't call them camps. They call them like quarantine areas or whatever. But, yeah, something, uh, some euphemism. It's like um, quarantine fun centers or something. They have to give it a fancy name. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, she's all about individual family decision. And it's so interesting. Also, we kind of skipped over it, but she also said the vaccine protects well against the Omicron variant, um, which someone should tell Dr. Fauci that he's he's admitted that basically everyone's going to get Omicron. So, mm -hmm. um that's also false. I don't know. I, everyone has a different narrative, I feel like, and they're all scrambling right now. But Yeah, and it seems to be very coordinated, but we'll keep going because there's still a lot of narrative shifting. I like this guy's face right now. This is <laughs> this is kind of my face when, when I hear them switching. Yes. Like, when I hear them shifting so fast, I'm like, ugh. Mm -hmm can still decide that their child can wear a mask if needed. Um, you know, take New Jersey, the case in New Jersey, for instance, their new case average is just over 4,000. Um, is that an acceptable number to do this or, or, or are they projecting out to March 7th at this point? I don't think we should be looking at case counts at all at this point, especially when we're dealing with a milder variant and when so many people were exposed to Omicron and therefore have ha have at least some level of protection, either through vaccination or immunity. The I'm sorry, what did she just admit that natural immunity is something that protects you from from COVID? Yeah, I guess so. And also that we shouldn't be looking at case counts. Yeah, I, I no <laughs> case counts are because so many people are going to get it. And I feel like this is what I said three months ago. If it's more mild, more people are going to get it because it's more transmissible. But we shouldn't be looking at case counts. We should be looking at hospitalizations and deaths, which we're not correlating with as many cases as we were getting. Um, and she's basically saying, look, a lot of people got it and they were uh, they were infected with Omicron. And whether it's the vaccine or natural immunity, they now have some sort of protection against COVID. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've never really focused so much on on case counts. It's been for quite some time. We shouldn't have been focusing on case counts now. Uh, the flu every year, we care about how many people died from it, not how virulent it is. And in L L.A. County, I know I'm I'm obsessed with L.A. County, but we are basing our extended mass mandate on case counts like nothing else so yeah yeah for anybody watching or listening if you think you have it bad here in california you're you don't really have it bad unless you're really deep behind enemy lines like natalie is in la <laughs> county so don't ever feel like oh things are so rough here in california just 
L.A. County or San Mateo County, for that matter. Those two counties, really, really bad. The key number that we should be looking at is hospitalizations. If our ICUs and hospitals in that particular region are not overwhelmed, if they're not over capacity, we can set a number, for example, 75% or 80% full, then we should be able to relax all restrictions. And I actually believe that we should be starting to, with the first restriction removed, should actually be the restriction on children. Because while for adults, you could say, well, what's the harm of adults masking when they go into a grocery store? There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. That doesn't mean that masking doesn't have its place for children when there are very high rates of hospitalization. If we get a new variant in the future that children are particularly susceptible to, we may want to bring masks back. But we should also be intellectually honest and say that masking has had a cost, especially for the youngest learners, in, uh, people with English as a second language, children. She sounds like a conspiracy theorist. I don't know. <laughs> She sounds like one of those like right-wing conspiracy theorists. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, a cost on know. kids in learning yeah. and that really kids are the most affected right now and we should take masks off kids in school because they can't learn the language and they're having trouble. And I, she sounds like a conspiracy theorist. She must be on those, those Reddits and, and the QAnon threads. Yeah. And it took two years into this for, for her to... For her to say that maybe there's some damage to to kids and those are the last ones to be unmasked still in so many places it's even those states that are lifting they're still masking kids so yeah and well I, i'm sure you caught it she didn't she's not completely given up. i mean it's hard to go cold turkey when you're a totalitarian mm -hmm. right once you get all that power and ability to influence that many people it's really hard to give that up so she did say that if there's a time when it down the line where there's another variant, we can bring mass back. Mm -hmm. So there's always this, this kind of out there variant that maybe, you know, I, I think there might be a variant coming around like the second week of November, right. maybe Yeah, like that, that might be the time when there's like another variant that'll come out and we need to like start wearing masks again, but mm -hmm. she couldn't, she couldn't let it go completely. So. I don't know if it's this clip or another one, but she has recently said, you know, people are going to get fatigued and we have to basically save these restrictions, these measures um, for when it really matters. So she, yeah. you're right. She hasn't let go, let go completely. And um, I don't know. I would be curious if she's really shifted her whole point of view on what we should do with the unvaccinated people. I don't, it's, it sounds like she's trying to straddle. Um, yeah. But Yeah. All right, let's see, there's a couple seconds left, and then we have, oh, it's only five seconds With left. learning disabilities, there has been a cost to them. So the risk-benefit calculation has really changed. Has okay. it changed? So, or was it always I, there? We just didn't I, recognize I, Or it. are we just recognizing now it's it's yeah. okay to talk about it? So, mm -hmm. And interestingly, um, this is kind of a side point, but she has recently said, I don't remember who it was with, um, that she's concerned. She's excited to vaccinate her young children. Um, who are under five, but she's concerned about whether we have the data for that and we should kind of slow down. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but um, this is this woman who's been, you know, the biggest mouthpiece for the vaccines. Um, and she has mm -hmm. some qualms about vaccinating uh, six months old, which is what they're, of course, moving to do with Pfizer EUA. So, yeah, it's interesting. So the, it's not completely over yet, but it does. A lot of these mouthpieces are starting to 
sound like QAnon people now, oh, I guess, you know, talking about individual decisions and letting the families decide and mm-hmm. all this is harming the kids. Now, this next clip, I only watched like um, a couple, maybe a, <laughs> 30 seconds, but I figured it. we could watch it. I don't know if you watched it. Uh, this will be like the first time I'm watching it in its entirety. So I may be shocked and may be pausing to like react to a lot of this. Um, This is our favorite uh, gaggle of women who are experts on everything and they have a comment on everything. Uh, The women of the view sans Whoopi Goldberg because she's suspended um, for comments about the Holocaust. Uh, And they're talking about why all of a sudden the governors are dropping mask mandates. So have you watched this clip or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you know what's coming. So yes. I don't really know what's coming. Yeah. Well, this will be fun. The White House is still in lockstep with CDC guidance that kids need to keep masks on in school. But the four Democratic governors of Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, and Oregon just announced they're lifting state mask mandates. COVID cases are heading in the right direction right now. We heard from Dr. Jai yesterday, but experts just said ending mandates will cr- increase them. Will increase the cases. So why do it now? What is the point of this? Because they're sick of it. I don't well, get listen. It. Uh, well, Joy, uh, Dr. Liana Wen, uh, who is an expert and she's on <laughs> CNN, said we shouldn't be looking at case counts. So I'm going to defer to the expert here, which is Dr. Liana Wen. Mm-hmm. She's the expert on this um, from a reputable news network, CNN. They are the truth and the science. Um, so, Joy, I think you're going against the narrative here. I think you're going against the experts and you're not listening yes. to the signs. And Fauci has... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, he's recently caught up with the science too and recognized that this is endemic. Yeah. Um, and so it stands to reason that really anytime we lift these measures, the cases are going to increase. And that's kind of normal, right? That's going to happen anytime we do it. Yeah. There's never going to be a time when we lift these cases. Am I echoing you? No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am to myself. Okay. okay. Anyways, continue. To look at the whole of the science, which we really haven't done at this point in the pandemic, which is not just stopping the spread of COVID, Alyssa but children, Farrah, their social development, mom? their intellectual development, their speech no. development, their and mental health. Their mental health. We've seen so many studies now that keeping them in masks is harming them detrimentally uh-huh. and putting them behind. So, in, in those three, those states that you named, all have extremely high vaccination rates. Yeah. Yeah. So, I actually think they are in a position to start leading and saying. We're going to start moving into the next phase of the pandemic and put kids first. And you know what? If you don't want to see kids in masks, then adults, you should go get vaccinated. Protect the kids. Children vaccinated. Yeah, I completely agree with you with that because if you look at this. So they're they're still talking about the kids and they're they're now all of a sudden. And this, again, probably has something to do with the polling and um, the fact that, like, the suburbs, they're starting to see polling that the suburbs are starting to move back more Republican, especially like in Virginia. We saw a lot of the suburbs went for Youngkin and helped get him elected. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably starting to shift the narrative back to no, 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 no. We, we care about the kids and your kids and we want to help protect your kids. So listen to us. We care about the kids. But I don't know. I think it may be too far gone at this point. I think there's a lot of parents who are like, we know what you did to our kids, and we're not going to forgive you for it. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I hope so. Props to her for bringing up 
that the masks have a negative effect on kids, but then she tells adults to go get vaccinated if they don't like it. You know, where is the, I don't know who he is. The last time I watched The View, McCain was still alive, so I don't know who this woman is, but where is the science of go get vaccinated if you don't like your kid in a mask? They don't stop transmission. Walensky, Fauci, everyone has said that now. So I just, I, I don't understand the people who are stuck in like May of 2020. I don't, I don't get it. I just, I didn't have enough scenes then, but. Whenever the first well, well now Anna Navarro is the token conservative on the oh, okay okay so you know that they have to have at least one sort of pseudo conservative on the and Anna <laughs> Navarro is I guess the best they could dig up so um let's keep going three states I think it's Connecticut Jersey, Jersey. And, and and another state okay a very high vaccination rate. We know that school-age kids, Dr. Job told us yesterday, school-age kids over five can be vaccinated now. However, only, I think, 22% of school-age kids between five and 11 are vaccinated. 56% of those uh, 12 to 17 are fully vaccinated against COVID. Therein lies the problem. You yeah. want to get out of the mask, then, then right. get your child vaccinated. I got my 15-year-old vaccinated what are they worried immediately. About? What are they worried about, the parents? I, I mean, let's talk about their, their fears for a second. You know, you have a child, you're worried about something. It's not political with children, I don't think. No. How many other vaccines do they have to get? They've got to get the get. Oh, they get Ah, well, you've heard that before. How many vaccines do they have to get before they go to school? But what's the, what's the fallacy that they don't ever bring up the difference between the polio vaccine and the chicken pox and measles, mumps and all this stuff. What's the big difference between those vaccines and this vaccine right now? Well, I would, I would, I would say, I would say how new it is. And then also it doesn't, doesn't stop transmission. So maybe they're, they're worried about the long-term effects of what right, this right. could be on their kid. And I agree with that. Behar at least brought up parents were legitimately concerned. She basically writes it off, just like they've written off every concern of folks like me who think like me for the past two years. But she realizes that it's not about politics. It's a genuine concern. We're never going to deal with concerns, I guess, but they're genuine. Yeah. We're going to acknowledge them to make you think we care about you. but. Let's see what Anna Navarro has to say from the conservative point of view. Listened yesterday to Governor Murphy from New Jersey on CNN, and he got asked, you know, what? Why are you doing this? And he wasn't talking about personal freedom. He wasn't talking no. against Joe Biden. He was talking about the cases have gone down, the hospitalizations have gone down, the deaths have gone down. Also, they're talking about lifting the, the mask mandates in school. Not tomorrow, but in March. Yeah. Uh, I think New Jersey is March 7th. Yeah. Another state is March right. 31st. So there's time to see how this develops with COVID yeah. in the next several weeks. If there's a problem, you know, I'm, I bet you we go back to mandates like we did uh, before. What I will say is that I think even though the mandates might be lifted in some of these states, there are still going to be people who are immunocompromised. There's going to be people yeah. who are afraid. There's people who've lost loved ones and have the trauma. So we all have to have grace, yeah. even yeah. though the mandates may be lifted, with people who still want to wear masks yeah. and still want to take That's many right. more well, precautions. Think about it, right. 2.5 thousand people are still dying every single day from yeah. COVID. Why are we normalizing mass death like that? My friend Medina. What, what was the number? How many? 2,500 people every day, allegedly. Oh. Has anyone fact-checked to see if that's actually true? I don't... Uh, that seems like yeah. a lot. 
that is what they claim in LA County still at least. But I would like to tell Sunny that 2.8 million people every year die from obesity or being overweight. And why are we normalizing that kind of mess by celebrating being out of shape? Yeah. And how many people die of opioids? And nobody right, really right. cares, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. opioids are a big problem in this country. I don't nobody think anyone is, anyone is okay with whatever the number is of who has died legitimately from COVID. I don't think we'll ever know the real number. No one's okay with it. But, but again, when does the cost outweigh the benefit? How much are we supposed to sacrifice? Genuine yes. question. So if she's saying twenty five hundred people die a day and again we're not trying to i guess lessen the impact it's a country of over 300 million people how many people die of something else each day car crashes obesity diabetes heart attacks i don't know probably a good amount so mm -hmm. but this is the most pressing thing um Let's see what else they have to say. I, this is all the first time for me. And again, Anna Navarro, the token conservative, is fine with bringing the mandates back if something happens. Mm -hmm. So they can't give away the total totalitarianism. They got to just be like, well, just in case. We, we keep it in the cupboard. We need to right, break right. it out just in case. We'll bring back the mandates. It's almost like all the people who love the mandates. And, and I was reading um, the replies to Dr. Leanna Wen when she was talking about this is time for us to do individual choices and stuff like that on Twitter. All the comments were like, it's too soon. Why are you doing this? No, we should be doing more. Like, I can't believe the government's abandoning us. And it was like, every comment was like, govern me harder, daddy. It was like, just everyone was like, please don't take the mandates away. We need the mandates. I live by the mandates. And it was just so sad to see that many people who were like upset that, there's possible the mandates are going away. So this was on Twitter. This was on Twitter. This was her oh, Twitter. Like she'd posted her the same sort of thing we saw in the last video, that it was all about individual choices and we should be moving away from the mandates. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole comment thread was just like, now it's too soon. We should keep the mandates. We should keep them more. And I was like, oh, that's scary to think that this many people are like, please, I want the government in my business as much as possible. It is, but it doesn't surprise me on Twitter. I feel like that's the kind of people who hang out on Twitter. No offense, I'm also on Twitter, but we're just not yeah. allowed to voices on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always, it's. I think it's one or one extreme or the other. So, mm -hmm. you know, what do they say? Like only 2% of people who are on Twitter are actually super active. So you're really just getting like a very small microcosm yeah, of who's yeah. on Twitter. Um, all right, let's finish this view video because we got some other videos and we got to talk about LA County and what's going on there. So the Hassan uh, tweeted that, you know, I, everyone knows it's personal to me. You know, we lost both of Manny's parents to COVID, but there was no vaccine at that time. Right. The, you know, we, we know the signs now. Well, I still don't understand how we are normalizing 2.5 thousand deaths a day from COVID and parents aren't vaccinated. Well, when I was Sunday, we got asked what percentage of those are unvaccinated because they reserve mm -hmm. their individual liberty not to take that vaccine. I think 99.2% of deaths right yes. now are unvaccinated. But why, what so about it, parents not vaccinating their kids? Well, the, what we're seeing though, and this is the problem is 
in these articles we read, there are some experts, not Dr. Jha, that said there could be an uptick in transmission. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be what we focus on. What we should focus on is the severity of the illness exactly. the kids get. Exactly. Because if the kids end up, which has been reported with Omicron, my own nephews have both had it, uh, mm -hmm. less than two-year-old and an eight-year-old, it was essentially a bad cold. Like a little bit like, <gasps> like you want to take the chance. You can't say that. You can't say it was essentially a bad cold. I feel like that's misinformation. But that was that's true before Omicron, too, for children. I don't, I don't understand, I don't understand their, their mistification at, at why folks don't want to vaccinate their children. They're just like, I don't, I, I mean, I did it to my kids. Why was, why doesn't everybody want to do it? Yeah, yeah. But to be I clear, I mean, the, I mean, it's true before Omicron for children, not for everyone. I understand that. Other variants very, were very bad for some people. people. But, but Omicron, from what I understand, is like a bad cold largely for everyone, including children, who it's yeah. been a bad cold for this whole time. So. Yeah, and it's, it, it is funny how they're so mystified by all this. They're like, I just don't understand. Why, why don't parents want to do this? I just, are they not good parents? Maybe if they maybe got an actual conservative on there, uh, uh, he or she or could she explain could it to them. them. Uh, maybe. I, I mean... I'd love to see like Candace Owens sitting in the middle of them, but it might just turn into a shouting match between all five of them. So uh, let's see what else we have to say. Chance for your kid to be the exception and your at, kid at to be this incubated? point with what I know. And mm -hmm. again, listening to people like Dr. Ja, I absolutely do. Yeah. See, I don't want to take the chance with my kid. I don't want my kid to be the, the one part of the 1% that is intubated and dies because I don't give her. Can I ask you a question? When a kid goes into school, and all these kids have to be vaccinated in order to be in the school. They have to have the measles yeah. and the, the yeah. that triple thing that they do with the, uh, the MMR. MMR. Yeah. They yeah. have to have their polio shot. So why is this any different? It will be probably the, the argument. Side. The you argument is that it moved to market so quickly. I know, but the answer is so not quickly. correct. That it's been right. It's been not all at once, ladies. We can't hear you. And all vaccine requirements. I've seen, you know, some proposals on that because that's now the the, the result of this. I also think we have to think about the teachers, and I think that when yeah. governors, when politicians are making decisions. Like that, they've got to count on the teachers' unions. They've got to count on the school boards. They've got to take into the consideration the opinion of the parents, doctors. You know, this is not this is not a, a decision that should be made from up high on some you know in some capital building in a state capital. But see, Alyssa but one, just said that it's because it was rolled out too quickly. But you also said that Trump is responsible. Well, I, I, right, I right. sort of a. I'm trying to dissect what Anna Navarro just said, that it shouldn't be made by one person on high. Correct. I don't think a lot of these decisions, especially in a state like California, it should come from one person. We saw how disastrous that was with Gavin Newsom just kind of being king of California for almost a year and a half, almost but at this point, it's almost two years. Um, and rather than just saying like, oh, let's let the local counties figure it out. Let's let the local school boards figure it out what's best for them um which the rumor is is that's what his endemic plan is for next week is that he's going to shift a lot of the responsibility back to the counties which doesn't help you because the county is as the worst yeah. it possibly could be um so it's interesting she's saying well it shouldn't come from like one governor right none of this stuff should come from one governor it should come from your representatives it should come from local representatives it should come down to the people who can manage your local resources better so um 
I guess I sort of agree with Anna Navarro, but I don't think that's what she was going for. Maybe I, I heard something different. Um, but I don't know. Let's finish this out and get get on to the next one because we can we can talk about my home state of uh, of Jersey. Responsible for well, warp speed. And that was poor messaging because that science, this science has been around for decades. Well, and I think it would have been extremely helpful if in the final days of the Trump administration, he explained, because a lot of this is the Republican base that is not trusting the vaccine mm-hmm. and doesn't believe right. it. But there is, I will say, there is a left-wing base as well that is very anti-vax. But here's the thing. Children we know are highly less likely to get seriously ill from this. I personally, I'm not a parent yet, would consider getting my kid vaccinated. But if you are someone who's afraid to get their child vaccinated, then tell every adult around you to, and that lowers the risk substantially. And everyone I know has been vaccinated. I don't know people who haven't been. And if I, if some of them might be in my family, but I haven't seen them. Well, and that's why am I not surprised that Joy Behar, in her circle of people, anecdotally, doesn't know anybody who's not vaccinated. Why am I not surprised? Right. Right. I'm saying this. It doesn't stop transmission. So this quick here, she like wants you to be like Stacey Abrams and tell everyone else to mask up while you take off yours. That's how it works. So you cannot vaccinate your child and then tell your entire community to vaccinate their children. I don't. I don't. I don't understand where the science, like, I'm not a scientist, obviously. I didn't do well in science. But where does this come from? This whole idea of, like, well, we can have one person who's not vaccinated. That's okay. Everyone else has to be. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm sorry. There's no transition. Well, it's because a lot of people just like to argue from their, like, anecdotal point of view where they're just like, I, I mean, I don't know anybody who's not vaccinated. So, and I like all the people who are around me. So therefore, those are good people who are all vaccinated. And I guess all the people who are not vaccinated, they're icky people who I don't know anyway. And I probably wouldn't hang out with them anyway. Like, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of stories like... Trump's uh, uh, messaging, warp speed. speed. I'm sorry, we're taking a long time on this view clip, but there's just a lot here. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, the phrasing warp speed. That's why we're all, we're all still, still so vaccine hesitant. It's because of a man who's no longer in office and hasn't been for a year. It has nothing to do with the current administration and how they handle this approach to rolling out vaccines. It has yeah, nothing to do with called warp speed. And, and it has nothing. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's a Republican majority of people who are are not for it, but it was developed under Trump. And even Trump has like told his supporters to take it and he's mm-hmm. gotten pushback and people have been like, yeah. no, we're not, we're not with you on this one. We're with you on everything else, you know, but we're not with you on the vaccine. So it's sort of like, it's a hard, it has nothing to do with Trump himself. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it comes down to like what people value, what they think about their lives, how they want to, you know, have their families and the responsibilities. Um, so it's it's not as black and white as oh it was Trump's saying warp speed like I think the fact that he said warp speed was the way to be like we're trying to get out of this pandemic as fast as possible like this right, is the right. best way to get out of this is get these vaccines which is what a lot of these celebrities and experts were saying a year ago was yeah, yeah. once we get once everybody gets vaccinated we can get out of here we're done. That didn't happen. So I think that's probably why a lot of people are very upset with what's going on. That's probably why the poll numbers are tanking for the Democratic Party and Joe Biden. It's because they told them for a year. They said, 
you know, go get your two shots, go get your booster, do all these things, mask up, follow our rules. And people are still getting sick. People who are boosted, double shot, everything, they're still getting sick and they're waking up and going, what, then why did I do all this? Yeah, I would be upset too. too. I am upset for my own reasons, even though I haven't complied with a lot of it. I think what women like this or people like this don't realize is that, and the reason they've never been able to fight this perceived medical misinformation and vaccine hesitancy is they don't realize that most people, people with integrity, their thoughts and entire point of view doesn't shift with who's in the White House. You know, I didn't want the vaccine when Trump was in office and I voted for him. I don't want the vaccine now. It doesn't have anything to do with that. And that's why these people will never reach vaccine hesitant majority because uh, they have no idea what they're fighting against. It's like implying that my vaccine hesitancy comes from Joe Rogan or something. It, it doesn't. And they will never address the real genuine concerns, just like they're not in this clip. They're saying, oh, yeah, it was quick. My parents are worried about it, but they're not. They're not addressing that. It still comes back to Trump and all the superficial BS. Yeah. And. and- I think at this point, you look at the numbers and go, the people who are holding out are going to hold out. That's it. Like, it's been mm-hmm. a year and a half now. That's it. Like, we, we really don't have any other. Well, it's almost a year, right? When did they start rolling it? Yeah, it's been almost a year. I think December really 20th. Start... Yeah. Yeah. Like the first year, lady yeah. got the vaccine. So, yeah, but like yeah. the big rollout was like a year ago. Yeah, you're right. Um. At this point, a year later, if you're if you're still holding out and you you still don't want to get it, that's it. Like you're just not going to get these people to do it. Like they've they've survived a year with. I mean, you're you're living proof that survived a year. They've they've figured it out. They've gone to places. Maybe they don't go to places, but they they're still here and they're they're like, I'm not doing it. So I, this yeah. message of yeah. like. We'll just go out and do it. We need to get more and more people vaccinated. It's like, I think you've reached your limit. I think it's over. Like, I think that's, you've got the people who are going to do it and the people who aren't going to do it, aren't going to do it. That's it. That's. Yeah. The damage has been done. I don't know how many people, more people would have done it if they had messaged this differently and it hadn't been so political at every turn, but they made it political. I can tell you, I never would have gotten it. I'm not an anti-vaccine person before this, but I just was never going to get this. Um, but other people might have, might have approached this at all differently and actually listening to folks, but they didn't, they're still not. Uh, and they're trying to convince people to get their booster, even as they're trying to convince folks like me to get their first shot, which doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So I, I think at this point, they, they, they're still scratching their heads going, I just don't understand why people don't won't do it and why the numbers aren't going because i think you've reached the you've reached critical mass here when it comes to how many people are going to take it that's it like it's been a year the people who wanted to rush out and take it people who were sort of on the fence may have went one way or the other but the people who don't want to get it are just not going to get it so no no matter how many carrots or sticks you throw at them they're they're not going to change their mind so i will withstand all of these women on the view i can promise you that They're not going to bully you into taking it. hold out. No. All right. We got 10 more seconds and then we'll go to Phil Murphy. People were unvaccinated and they believe things that aren't true. And we've got to get the adequate public health messaging of them. It was great that you guys had the doctor on yesterday. But women who think it's going to hurt their fertility. Like these aren't true things. And we need to break through that with public health messaging. 
Okay. So that's their their final thing is that it's obviously um, messaging. Messaging is what's the problem. I had never heard of this site before, SaveJersey.com. So Me neither. As someone who grew up in Jersey, this must be a new site because New Jersey's number one source of conservative news, commentary, humor, and analysis. I'll have to send this to my friends back east to see if they, they know this. Oh, see, now I hear the echo. Yeah, I just tried to do something. All right, let's see what, uh, what Phil Murphy has to say about why he's dropping the school mask mandate. As you know, uh, most states do not have mask mandates for schools. Uh, have you seen evidence that these mask mandates have been necessary, that the spread and mortality rates in states where they didn't have mask mandates uh, were far worse than in places where they did have mask mandates like New Jersey? Yeah, I mean, New Jersey is clearly the place I know the best. And God bless our precious kids, no matter where they are. Please, God, they stay healthy and stay alive. God bless our precious kids. The language is changing. It's the whole, <laughs> we care about your kids now. We yeah. really, yeah. really do. We really mm -hmm. care about your kids. Don't let, don't forget that when you go to the midterms this year, Democrats <laughs> care about your kids. Alive. There's no question that masking in our schools since the beginning of the school year uh, has been a very uh, smart public health step. I think we've had just over 2,600 cases of students uh, with uh, COVID positive since the beginning of the school year. That's out of 1.4 million kids. Uh, so it's a pretty stark uh, piece of evidence, I think, that this has absolutely worked. But you got. Wait, so what was the number again? I. I don't know why I, I blanked on. I was looking at his Rutgers helmet in the background. I, you know, like, yeah, I don't know the number. Because I was focused see. on the fact that he was that also he was focused also on cases yet again instead of hospitalization or death. Right. Yeah. That's okay. Well, I want to go back and hear what he says. Kids. Uh, so it's a pretty stark uh, piece of evidence, I think, Wait, positive since the beginning of just over 2,600 cases of students uh, with uh, COVID positive since the beginning of the school year, that's out of 1.4 million kids. 20, I, I'm not, I'm not good at math, but 2,600 out of 1.4 million seems like a small percentage. Um, yeah, but, no, he's, but he's, he's, he's attributing that to his mask mandate since the beginning of the school year. And because he's done oh. so well, now we can take them off. Got it. Okay. So he's saying the fact that they did this is why the cases are so low or right. Yes. Yes. Which is okay. what every Democrat, I think, is saying now. That, that they basically cured COVID and, and stopped, stopped it. Uh, it's cured. a pretty stark uh, piece of evidence, I think, that this has absolutely worked. But you got to meet the moment. You, you, you try always to not undershoot the moment and put lives at risk or overshoot the moment and add more stress and mental health challenges to the system. And we think this plan of a month notice uh, is, is going to get that as right as we can. Yeah, but have you seen data that definitively proves that these mask mandates uh, have worked? Uh, I, I mean, the numbers you just presented are impressive, but are they different from the numbers in states where they didn't have mask mandates? Hmm. Yeah, again, I know Jersey Jake the best, but I'm, I'm highly so no. confident, and I'm sure our health officials 
uh, will, will, could say it definitively, there's no question they've worked. There's no question getting vaccinated, getting boosted, and wearing masks indoors have all been positive health, public health steps compared to the absence of any of those things in the old. So the answer is no. He he can't cite to anything else. Um, and kudos to Jake Tapper for kind of calling him out on it. Um, mm-hmm. It must suck to be Jake Tapper on CNN because he's like, I'm trying. I'm trying to be an honest journalist on here. But I, I just when you have people like Brian Stelter, who's running around with the <laughs> man birds, uh, it's got to be tough to and everybody falling and, and getting axed off the network for sexual harassment or something. But yeah. Phil Murphy, he can't he he can't name one. Re- like he can't say, mm-hmm. oh, well, we did better than Texas or we did better than Florida or we did better than all these other states that didn't have mass mandates for kids. And this is the the proof, the proofs in the pudding that we we did 2,600, uh, 1.4 million. And I don't know, Florida was 500,000 out of 1.4. I, I don't know. Like you can't even cite to that. So. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with folks having natural immunity or us being this far into the pandemic. It has to do with the fact that they've been masking this whole time. I, I again, there's, there's no, there's no proof. Um, yeah, and that that's one of the biggest fallacies that that drives me nuts is people are like, well, we, you know, it could have been a lot worse if mm-hmm. we didn't do these things. And you're like, yeah, but we, we don't have a control group to show like, what's the, what would have happened if we didn't do this? Like, yeah. you can't say it would have been a lot worse without knowing what the opposite was. You can't prove that. So. You're right. Well, we also have the fact that children aren't dropping dead in Florida. I assume I haven't been, you know, but they don't have mass mandates in schools. Am I incorrect? So, you know, again, I don't I don't know how you can say that this is because you had mass mandates and now all of a sudden it's okay to take them off kids when it's been okay, According to the CDC's own study last May, uh, mass mandates don't do much. And now we have them saying, oh, cloth masks don't work, which is what most of the kids wear. So. What is the narrative? I'm confused about what the narrative is. I actually don't understand. It's all just a jumble to me. I don't think they, I feel like they can't get their story straight other than the story is thank God for what we did because <laughs> it could have yeah. been worse. Yeah. And I, I figured they would probably trumpet the whole, oh, we did such a good job and all these measures worked. And look, we did such a great job. And that's why we're out of it because we did such a good job. Not, mm-hmm. well, the poll numbers are crap. And, uh, You know, the order came down from uh, our Supreme Leader, Barack Obama. He said, you guys got to get your act together and you're going to get sloshed in the midterms. So stop doing unpopular things. But some Democrats don't want to give up on unpopular things. And L.A. County says they're still weeks away from lifting indoor mask mandate. And this is from the L.A. Times. Um Los Angeles County is probably weeks away from lifting its indoor mask mandate, and the latest could ease the order by the end of April, unless a new coronavirus variant poses a threat. There are two triggers that could result in L.A. County easing its indoor mask mandate. Barbara Ferrar announced Tuesday, and she really even she's not really even a doctor, right? She's like she has, she a, has a PhD in, like, in social welfare, ironically. Uh, okay, so she has nothing. She's not like a health expert. No. Okay. The first is the county entering a 
quote, moderate rate of transmission, in which cases fall below 730 a day for two consecutive weeks. We anticipate being able to get to moderate transmission if we can continue to drive down the rates as we are right now on our cases within a few weeks, but we're not there yet, Farrar said at a Board of Supervisors meeting Tuesday. L.A. County is averaging about 9,500 cases a day. That's You guys got a long way to go if you're going to get to 730. Yeah. Stop getting um, tested. Just kidding. Yeah, just, just stop going. Just everyone just stop going. It's like when you're kids... And like the teacher doesn't show up and there's like, the kids are like, I, if we just don't say anything, like we could leave, like we could all get out of here. Yeah. And there's always that one kid who's like, I'm going to go tell the principal. He's like, no, <laughs> don't tell the principal. That's what's but I'm happening. not offering like, medical advice. I'm not telling anyone not to get tested, but I'm just saying. But it, if you have no symptoms, don't go get tested just for, <laughs> just for, for giggles, you know, just don't, just don't run down to your local testing spot and be like, I'm going to get tested. I'm going to get my cat tested. Um, what else did he say? The second trigger would, that would can trigger the second condition that would trigger the lifting of the county mask order. Ferris said is for eight weeks to elapse after children ages six months to four years become eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Six months. That's Six what they're trying old. to do with Pfizer right now. They expect it to happen next week, an emergency use authorization for six months to four years old, which is probably very exciting for everyone in the clip that we watched prior to this at The View. Um, but I just also, where does that, why not seven weeks after or six weeks after or nine? Like, what does that mean? Also, the shots don't stop transmission. I'm sorry, <laughs> they don't stop transmission. We're just making things up right now. And also the Super Bowl is happening like we spoke about. They just voted, I think, today to continue the state of emergency. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I don't I don't I don't understand how many things have to not add up before people. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Maybe people really are fed up. But it's so obvious right now that none of this is based off of anything real or substantial. No, no. It, 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 well, I mean, a Ph.D. in social welfare, I don't think she. She's just kind of making this up as she goes along. Um, yeah. and six months is, I, I just feel like that's really, really young to be injecting a kid with something we don't really know too much about. I don't know. I, I mean, sure, if you want to call me QAnon crazy or whatever, and, and I have my tinfoil hat on, I, six months old, like six months old is like when people, kids are usually, what is it like? I, I think it's like six months. They can get all their shots. Um, if there's any moms in the chat who can clarify this for me or not, I think it's like, usually you want to protect your kid as much as possible. You don't want to take them out before six months because then they can get all their vaccines that they know are safe mm -hmm. and good. Um, but like at six months, as soon as they are eligible, you're going to be like, Let's just get them that vaccine. And we still have no idea what the long-term effect on like developing babies is. Right. I mean, I'm not going to call you a conspiracy theorist. I'm, I'm not a mother yet. Uh, again, I'm not a scientist, but, and I'm not offering medical advice, but I don't understand why risk that again for something that does not stop transmission. At, at one point in our 
nonsense. There was the narrative of, oh, you do it, you wear a mask at school or you get the shot to protect grandma at home. But now we know that's no longer the case. And so mm -hmm. a six month old, how many six months old have died from COVID? Honestly, how many? Yeah. So what is the point of, of risking it? But again, as much as I love this nation, we are the only Western nation that have mass children as young as two, the only one, the WHO doesn't even recommend it. And mm -hmm. we've really sacrificed the children for some reason, and we continue to do so. And now there's gonna be pressure on these parents, if it's not in fact forced in many daycares and that the like, there's gonna be pressure on these parents to get their six months old vaccinated so that LA County, we can stop taking off masks indoors for the, the vaccinated, of course, never for the unvaccinated. It's just, I, I, it's so unethical in my opinion, <laughs> all yeah, the way I around. Six months is, is really young. Someone said uh, in the chat, Angela says in the chat, there are some they can't get until 12 or to 18 months. So you want this shot to, to leapfrog ahead of these. And there's some yeah. they're not even supposed to get till you're like a year and a half old. And with all of the ways, as Joe Rogan pointed out, uh, how misinformation now is just accepted information eight months later, uh, which folks like you and I have known for a while, with all the ways that things have changed, as science does, again, I would hold out. I don't, I'm not offering advice, but I don't understand why we just accept this idea that obviously this is safe and effective for six months old. And so you not only should get it, but you have to get it for your six month old. And that'll never change the safety or effectiveness. Why would we believe that at this point? Angela says we don't get give flu shots at six months. So you don't give flu shots, normal flu shots at six months, but they want to give COVID shots at six months. Uh, let's see what else Ferrar Ferrara. I keep wanting to say Ferrara or something, but it's not Ferrara. I will say unequivocally that we should not be lifting the masking mandate when we're reporting thousands and thousands of new cases every day. Now, Ferrar. Babe, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but we shouldn't be focusing on cases. No. The expert, Dr. Leanna Wen from CNN, the most reputable news network out there and one of the most reputable medical experts said we should not be focused on cases. So the fact that you're focusing on cases, you're going against the science and the mm -hmm. experts. So someone should tell Farrar that she is spreading misinformation and that she's not going along with the science. <laughs> Correct? I absolutely agree. And and according to the CDC, every Southern California county is an area of high transmission, not moderate transmission right now. And I know she's not in charge of San Diego or Orange County or Riverside, but they're all lifting the mask mandates. So I don't know. Seems like it's not yeah. about the cases or the science or the high or moderate transmission to me. But that's just my e opinion. Even even like San Francisco and Bay Area are like at least lifting. They've already lifted their mask mandate before the 15th where they're like, well, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear because as long as everyone's checking the vac status at the door, we don't have to wear masks. If you're boosted, right? I think. Oh, that's right. If you're boosted. Yeah. And it's only in some indoor places like offices and gyms where you spend a long time. And if you mm. were going to wear a mask, I guess it would make more sense if you were going to wear it indoors for a long time as opposed to the grocery store but from what i understand you still have to wear one in the grocery store whether you're boosted or not i could be wrong it's only in certain indoor places and it's only for triple vaxxed so 
Got it. Because the definition of fully vaxxed is changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what she what words of wisdom she finishes on. Uh, from my perspective, there's no way this is a forever. This has an endpoint. Is there an endpoint? I don't think so, according to you. If nothing else, it's eight weeks after there's approval of an early child vaccine. But I think we're going to get a lot there a lot faster if we continue with the decline. The issue is the decline continues if the protections are in place that really help us limit transmission. And we remove a lot of those, as we've seen in the past, we tend to see numbers go back up. I, I don't know. I, I'm still wrapping my head around why the linchpin is very young babies getting the vaccine. Yeah, I just, and what happens if eight weeks after it's been emergency authorized, again, uh, not FDA approved, but emergency authorized for no emergency for six month olds, what if the uptake is not what they desire? Does it then change? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or is it just eight weeks after it's EUA, whether anyone gets it or not? Um, Yeah. I don't know. it doesn't make it doesn't make any kind of sense to me. I don't know why I can't take off a mask now indoors. I have to wait for a six month old to be vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, you coming in uh, into contact with a lot of six month olds who are just right. incubators of COVID virus. Um. Yeah, and you know they're all saying, "Oh, it's not forever. It's not forever." Like uh, you know, Fauci saying it's going to end within the next few months, but there's really no substantial concrete reason. I mean, I appreciate that she's at least giving hard numbers, but they still make no sense. There's no substantial concrete reason of why it can't end now. It it doesn't, it doesn't make any kind of sense. If other counties are doing it, other big cities are doing it. Why can't we do it? Yeah. LA just got to be different. Um, Speaking of Fauci, we'll, we'll hop on this article real quick and then we'll end with uh, the Oscars. Uh, Fauci says full-blown pandemic is almost over. And this is from Yahoo News. Um, Fauci discussed his idea of the virus trajectory with the Financial Times. He did not mention a specific month. Well, yeah, I mean, who, what would he say? Or season, but told the paper that these restrictions, including mass mandates, could end soon. Um, he said, it will depend on who you are. But if you are a normal, healthy 30-year-old person with no underlying conditions, you might need a booster only four or five years. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the article, that last that last line. It gave me a lot of hope that I only need a booster every four or five years. Yeah, as and as if people are going to be like setting their clocks to like, they'll, <laughs> they'll have their iPhone, like a reminder. It'll be like, hey, Siri, set, set reminder for booster in 2026. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Or you might not need a booster at all, which again, not giving medical advice. But aren't they encouraging everyone to get their boosters now? They're not saying, oh, if you're 30 years old and you've already gotten the first two, you're fine. Um, So it's just interesting. And also, it's interesting to note that if you go into any search engine and type in Fauci, uh, go back to normal, it comes up with a, a wide array of results that almost seem comical because he has said we will go back to normal at this time or this date or in spring of this year so many times and all of those times have passed and it has not happened yet in my part of the world. So, I mean, baseball players get hits more than Fauci has <laughs> been 
right with his predictions. There's another quote for from him where he says, we are looking at a time when we have enough people vaccinated and enough people with protection from previous infection that the COVID restrictions will soon be a thing of the past. Great. So what, what did he just admit there? Natural immunity. Yeah, that sounds like something Fauci has really rarely ever talked about, which is natural right. immunity. Mm-hmm. So he's now saying, well, you know, you could have got vaccinated and if you have natural immunity, that's good enough. And we should be getting to a point where enough people, enough people are either vaccinated or have natural immunity. What does that sound like as well? A what? Herd immunity? That sounds like herd immunity, yes. which I think yeah. is a dirty, it was a dirty word, but now it sounds like they're fine with herd immunity. Yeah. Um, yes. Because they weren't counting, even they even if they were like counting how many people got vaccinated, and they were saying, "Oh, sixty percent of this state is vaccinated." You would say, "Okay, well, how many people have natural immunity because they got it and recovered?" We weren't counting that as part of the whole overall picture. Now, all of a sudden, they're counting how many people got it and recovered. Mm -hmm. And with Omicron, I mean, we must be at herd immunity, but that would just be my my thought and yet still the push all the time even from all the things we've looked at almost to be vaccinated it's still this obsession with as many people as possible if not everyone be vaccinated so yeah but it's just interesting it's just it's interesting to hear the language that they're saying about natural immunity it's interesting to hear fauci talk about or allude to herd immunity because of both natural immunity and vaccination which is stuff you couldn't talk about before um, one-way masking, which I feel like a lot of people were like, that's common sense. Like, if you wear a mask, you're protected. Doesn't matter. But I, it's a lot of stuff. The, the, the language has changed. It's like I, I got whiplash this past week of how fast all of this is. I mean, this article yeah. is just from from yesterday. And a lot of this stuff is literally this week. Like, that's how fast the narrative changed. So if you don't You're think right. like this is all coordinated at one at like one central location, or at least like the the higher ups are like, hey, we have to really change what we're saying about this because things look really bad. Like it, it's just all of them at the same time, like change their tune. It's unbelievable. You're right. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> I don't want to say it's like, you know, I'm not going to go as far as say like it's the lizard people and the Illuminati, but like. You know, when the higher ups are like, hey, guys, this is really bad. We need to change our messaging. It is, it, it, it's a little too coincidental that they're all changing their tune at once about all this. Especially, yeah, with how I mean, it, it makes sense, are. you know, if they want to get votes, I, I imagine even the most COVID obsessed religious person would would be a little bit tired at, at this point, you know, even if it's just tired with folks not getting vaccinated because they've pinned so much on on us. I mean, how long does this go on for? Mm-hmm. I don't it makes sense that they want to get back those poll numbers. Sarah Connor said they re- realize people aren't buying into the COVID nonsense. I can actually bring this up. So now they're trying to dial back. The next big power grab will be in the name of climate change. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I, I mean, it, it's all about the Overton window and like social conditioning and how much people 
will take and how much people will do. And I think this showed that there's a good amount of people who will just listen to whatever the state says and do their marching orders. But I also think they figured out there's a lot more people than they were expecting who were just going to stand up and go, no, we're not doing that. So bittersweet. I hope, I hope that's true. I don't know. (laughs) Good and bad. Yeah. I see a lot of people just, just going along to make their lives easier. And and I understand we all have different concerns, but so many people, I walk in the store, they've got it under their nose or like hanging off. And it's like, why don't you just, just go in without it at that point? It's like, we're all Mm -hmm. playing this charade and uh, a charade. And uh, you know, why don't you just go in without it? (laughs) But it's like, no, we have to just go along to get along. And, And those are the people who kind of bother me the most, frankly, as opposed to the ones who genuinely believe it, at least genuinely believe it and, and go for it and do it fully. But I think more yeah. people need to just be like, nope, I, I'm not going to pretend anymore. Just having something halfway on my face or yeah. it goes for so many things in this, but the mask is obviously the most visible. So it's the most visible yeah. sign of compliance. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, especially down here in San Diego, I've seen a lot of non-compliance. Um, I went to Sprouts the other day which I hadn't done in a while. And uh, Sprouts is like one of the most granola yeah. places. I've like, been afraid to go since I stopped wearing a mask indoors. Was it? I, I went and it was like, I don't know how it is in LA. It might be different people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, there's a lot of different people up in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, but like 40% of the people were not wearing masks and they were just like, screw it. That's or just great. I, I was like blown away. I was like, wow, Sprouts? Um, nobody said anything. Everyone was super helpful and friendly. Trader Joe's was one of the biggest shocks to me. Like when I went in first time without a mask on, I've heard they've changed. Walked up. Trader Joe's was very serious about it. Trader Joe's was like, they had people at the door. Yeah. They were only letting a a certain amount of people in. They were like, you have to have a mask on. Please put your mask up. Now it's like you walk in there with no mask. I went to the cash register. Guy was like, ah, oh, did you try this new seasoning that you're buying? I was like, nah, I haven't tried it. He's oh, you try it on this. It's really good. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks, man. He's like, all right, have a great day. I love that. I love catching the eye of like the one other person. Usually it's just one, if there's even one who's not wearing a no. mask. And uh, I mean, I want to be clear. I wore one indoors for over a year because I, I am a minimum wage worker I was before I lost two jobs overnight in March of 2020 like so many people I didn't want to make their jobs harder but at this point you know it's it's clear that it's it's not going to end in LA until until we end it and so no I'm I'm willing to go in and possibly make your job harder I don't mean to I use the self-checkout if I can you know I'm not trying to get in anyone's face but it just it has to end somewhere. And it's so nice. I'm embarrassed when I go into stores. I'm embarrassed to have a conversation with someone. I don't ask any of the workers for help or anything because yeah. I never know who's going to say something to me. And even the smallest errand becomes like this huge thing of civil disobedience. And it's 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 empowering, but it's also just kind of like, OK, I'm just going to the grocery store. Like, can it be normal for two seconds in Los Angeles? Yeah. I had an announcement made about me and Ralph's um, recently for not wearing a mask. Oh, really? Yes. Did they, so, they single you out and said, like, you know, girl shopping for cereal, please put a mask on? A friend and I, they said uh, over the intercom, we have two customers in the store without a mask. And I don't I don't know for whom the announcement was made. No one came. The security guard saw us and didn't do anything. But uh, 
yeah, the announcement was made and that was relatively recently. So it's, if you want attention, basically just come to Los Angeles and you, you'll be the most interesting person in a store. If you just go in without a mask and you'll get all the attention you desire. And give like social media just come to a grocery store in Los Angeles. What's that? If you like being the center of attention, go to a grocery store in LA. I would imagine it's the same if, in San Francisco. If you go to a grocery store in San Francisco without a mask, you'll probably get be the center of attention for everybody. Yeah, for better or worse. Yeah, not so much down here in San Diego. I, it, it lucky, but um, yeah, it it is a little empowering. Um, but you're right. Like when you do that first, like you cross the threshold. It's always that like immediate feeling of like, okay, here I go going in without a mask on and then you go in and it's like that first 10 seconds and then you're like kind of looking around making sure no employees like running up to you being like sorry you gotta put a mask on and then you like once you see like four or five other people who are walking around without a mask on you're kind of like oh okay i can relax now because they didn't chase these people down and and, you know beat them with a sack of quarters or something so um i guess i'm okay other people to do it. I think I'll notice like when I go in Mm. without one, eventually I'll see them in the aisle later again, they'll have it underneath their chin. And I'm not saying I inspired them, but I might've inspired them. So I think the more we see people do it and get away with it, you're right. Cause I'm always nervous every time I do it. And I've been doing it for a while. The more we see people get away with it, the more people will just do it. And I think, I think it's more important than maybe people realize. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely makes a difference because I think if people see other people doing it, if they go to Trader Joe's and they're like, hey, I, I was in Trader Joe's and I saw five people without masks on and nobody gave them a problem and they checked out and they weren't like publicly shamed or had rotten eggs thrown at them. Um, then they're like, maybe next time I'll try it. And then it just kind of like perpetuates itself where it's like, and I think a lot of people are just, a lot of employees are just over it. They're just like, I, I, I don't want to be the mask police anymore they're like i'm just over it so yeah all right final story of the night um if you know one of my favorite sayings is that the elites hate you um oscar attendees won't need to show covid19 vaccination proof uh natalie is that a problem in la that you uh come across that you can't i mean you can get into like basically anywhere in la without showing proof of vaccination right that's Mm -hmm. not an issue false no, it is. It you, is an issue. You personally haven't had any problems getting into places without a proof of vaccination, right? No, that is that is not true. Uh, I had a problem with us even hosting the Oscars uh, last February, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, now we're going to them again this year in a state of emergency, and then they don't need proof of vaccine. So, so they said uh, nominees, presenters, and stars will gather March twenty seventh at Los Angeles Dolby Theater. To celebrate the best and brightest in film, um, what did I saw the Babylon Bee had? You know, they they just always kill it with the headlines. They said mm-hmm. a bunch of people will get together to give an award to a movie no one's ever seen during an award show that no one's watching. And I was like, yeah. that's a good way to sum up the Oscars. Yep. Um, the Academy of Motion Pictures and Arts and Sciences will ask attendees to show a negative PCR test or a negative rapid rapid antigen test on the day of the ceremony. So you're not getting off scot-free, but you don't need to show proof of vaccination to get into the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, 
Meanwhile, we're talking about firing, what, thousands of uh, sheriff's department employees because we refuse to allow them to show a negative test, which I still disagree with. I don't believe in this test or vaccine thing Uh, because, again, the shots don't stop transmission. Um, But at least I have to credit the Oscars for the fact that if we're going to go the testing route, everyone should be tested. It should have nothing to do with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Um, So I get but I don't understand why we can't do this for people going to their freaking jobs. Why can't we just test them all <laughs> or yeah. test them before they go into your restaurant if it's such a huge issue? Um, because, yes, that L.A. City has implemented vaccine passports. I don't know how many places are actually following through with them. I, From what I've heard, they just kind of scan it because they're all, you know, hourly wage workers and they don't care either. They don't know what to check for. Um, yeah. But I have been asked for a vaccine card at a bar that I, I used to go to before uh the world went insane. And so, yeah, it is, it is a thing in Los Angeles. And I imagine none of these folks will be wearing masks. So it almost seems like we can just, I guess, test everybody if you really want to, which again, I have problems with, but at least let's go that route to try to get back to some semblance of normal. If these people can test and test negative and not wear masks and be all near each other, then why can't we? It's almost like the elites can do stuff that we can't do. Absolutely. Well, even the the Super Bowl, you don't need a vaccine to get in a Super Bowl. It's just a negative test, right? I I don't know what the rule is for the Super I Bowl. I think with the Super Bowl, I don't know if this is SoFi Stadium's rules or or what, but I think it is. It's that thing of test, negative test, or vaccine card. From what I understand, mm-hmm. unless they changed it because of the controversy, um, I heard they might have changed the rules because of the the stuff at that championship game. Um, Mm. and push back against that. But from what I read, it was a negative test or vaccination, which again, is not following the science. So yeah. So I guess for for big special events like the Oscars and the Super Bowl, you don't have to have a vaccine, right? That's that's not important. I guess not. And and I and I have I have heard of people getting fired from, from the movie industry. I'm a former actor. So I have, you know, compassion for these people for not being vaccinated, all that. I have friends. So I'm not saying, you know, none of these people are vaccinated, but I doubt a lot of them even are of, of the elites. And that's the point that people don't realize is other people don't have to follow these rules. They're not being carded. Mm-hmm. I doubt that any of these folks who are invited to the Oscars, if they go to a bar in LA where all be asked for a vaccine card, you're not going to card JLo for her vaccine card. I mean, it's again, it's we're all fighting for these rules that other people don't have to follow. And this is right in our face, just like it's always been in our faces. They had the Oscars last year when we were still allegedly in the thick of this. So I'm sure all the workers too will be masked up. It just, and I'm sure they had to be vaccinated. So it just, it doesn't make sense. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I do believe probably all of the servers and will be. Well, it does say in this paragraph, the Academy mandates that its own employees be vaccinated. So the employees of the Academy have to be vaccinated to work Mm -hmm. at the Academy, but to attend the Oscars at the Academy, that's fine. You don't have to be vaccinated, but you're right. It it is, it is becoming a a different set of rules. And I think, uh, I I don't think Fox, when they showed that montage of the celebrities um, at the NFC championship game, realized the firestorm they were going to start because they showed, Jessica Alba on the field, mm-hmm. nary a mask in sight. Cedric the Entertainer, who at least had a drink in his hand, but no mask, not anywhere to be seen. Uh, Magic Johnson, obviously. 
Um, I mean, they showed celebrity after celebrity after celebrity just not wearing a mask, and there was no nobody said anything. Oh, Leo DiCaprio had his on like he was doing the chin diaper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is you make a good point that they're not going to ask. They're not going to ask like Leo DiCaprio. Excuse me, uh, Mr. DiCaprio, can you show us your vaccination card? I mean, I'm sure he could whip it out, but like you're not going to. And but right. if you want to work there, if you're going to work at the academy, you're going to have to be vaccinated. So it is a different set of rules. And I think that's one thing that that people are frustrated with is that if you're rich and powerful, you don't really COVID probably hasn't affected you as much. If you're rich and powerful, you, you you've gotten by pretty well. So. Yeah, which is what a lot of people have been trying to say since the beginning of, yeah, this this lockdown, all of this in LA, especially in California, it affects people differently. And um, at, it's nothing new that the elites have different rules that fame and money buy you. I mean, I'm not I'm not pushing back against that. That's a that's a fact of life, especially here in Los Angeles. But why are regular folks like me pushing for additional rules? I'm just fighting to go back to normal, to go back to mm-hmm. square one and zero. I'm not fighting for this huge revolutionary change, you know, but I don't know. We seem to be shooting ourselves in the foot and trying to make sure that our neighbor's vaccinated. And yet we consume this media and this entertainment and we watch these movies um, where these people have different roles. Yeah. Uh, it's like the running joke of like, we're all in this together. And then they're, you know, doing this live or their tweet from their 32,000 square foot mansion up in the hills with a pool and a gym and a home theater. And it's like, hey, guys, just stay home. Like, we're all in this together. Like, just everyone stay home. And it's like, well, yeah, it's easy for you to stay home because you have like all the amenities you need and you can order whatever food you want and you can basically stop working for the rest of your life because you have so much money. the rest of us can't just stop working and not do anything. Like the rest of us do have to go back to work eventually and make money and pay rent and pay bills. And we can't just sit in our apartments all day and and wait for the government to say, Oh, you can come out. So. And if it weren't for the truth, the simple fact of what you're saying, I would not be sitting here talking to you right now. I would not have been red pilled, but it is so true what you're saying. I genuinely felt that, that I went from a hardcore leftist to where I am now because of that genuinely felt experience of I understand people are dying from the virus. I understand it's bad for some people, but these measures in Los Angeles and California, they are harming me and my family and my community in so many ways. Um, And we're trying to squelch one tragedy, creating another tragedy over here. And that hasn't mattered for two years and counting in Los Angeles. Um, And it's turning people off. People like me, I've met a lot of people with my same timeline and my same trajectory of whether they identify as conservative or not, just moving away from this this insanity because so many people have been harmed by all of this. I laugh about yeah. it, but it's it's really a tragedy in so many ways, which I don't have to tell you or your viewers. Yeah, it it, it is, and I think one day one day we should have you you back on and talk about your your red pill journey because it is interesting to watch, and uh, I, I think uh, I think there's probably thousands like you who in California who are who went from one end of the political spectrum to the other. And um, I saw recently you, you've picked up a love for the second amendment. And so, I mean, <laughs> we can talk about that. So, I mean, you're, you're like a rootin' tootin' like little Republican 
conservative gal now it's like yes and it's all it's all genuine you know it it really is and i never would have thought i told you before i think i voted for obama twice and i drove 80 miles round trip to vote for clinton in 2016 because i was registered in a different county like this is so far from anywhere i thought i would be um and it's not you know it's not an act it was it was genuine and it was really brought about by his response to covid um so yeah, that would be a fun. I, that might be a fun. Uh, that'd be a fun podcast to have, like a roundtable of like all the people who've been red pilled over the past two years, who went from like far left to like now they're completely on the opposite end of the spectrum and why they came here. So that gave it, that's a good idea for another podcast. But I love um, that there are many of us. Anecdotally, I have I have met many. Well, if you're like if you're anything like Joy Behar, that's all you need to know is that your group of friends is the totality of everything that's happening in the world, right? If your group of friends is doing X, then everybody should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I think it'd be, that would be definitely a fun uh, podcast to have is is the amount of people who have, because I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. I I say that a lot on these, on my lives and podcasts is that people think like, oh, California is never going to change. I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of people who, were deep deep blue loyalists and now they've come completely 180 and, and they've changed their minds mm-hmm. so there's a lot of open minds right now and where we're true. whether we're gonna and even when you what go ahead what's that no go ahead i mean i was just going to mention that even when you take away covid which i understand the democrats are trying to do um there's still so much radicalism on the left that I don't, I think they're still losing so many people, whether they go to, you know, the GOP or not. Uh, so it's, it's not just about COVID. It's not just about not wanting to wear a mask or get a vaccine. It's, it's so much insanity on the left that I can't even, I felt forced out, you know, I don't even know where they are anymore. Um, so whether you identify with every single conservative or Republican point or not, you feel more at, at home on on this side so i think the democrats have a bigger problem than they realize and it's not just going to be unmasking you know their their states so yeah that's what i I agree i think there's a lot of lingering issues and i think the damage is already done for the democrats and they're they might be in the woods for a while so hopefully there's other chances for republicans or libertarians or something else to rise up and help take its place um all right well it's been almost an hour and a half yeah. uh flew by because there was a lot to talk about yeah uh, it was a great conversation as always um any final thoughts on the great narrative reset or uh i didn't <laughs> i don't know what to say at this point i'm afraid to say anything i'll i maybe i'll see you the next time the science changes or when it finally changes in los angeles um but i do i do believe that tides are turning and so you know keep the faith uh yeah. I see it, it turn here as and there. fast. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't turn as fast as we like, but it's definitely mm-hmm. turning. I think, you know, the people who've been kind of pushing for change for the past two years, we're definitely starting to see it. So, mm-hmm. all right. With that, we'll wrap this episode. As always, thanks everybody. There's always an audio podcast of this. If you like this, make sure to like, subscribe, all that nonsense. Um, and yeah. We'll see you on the next one and, and Natalie we'll see you hopefully maybe we'll see you on that red pill podcast <laughs> where we have the red the red pill round table see I already came up that's a great t- that's a great 
title, The Red Pill Roundtable. I'm going to start working on that. So. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. We'll see you Thank then. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 